0: So many of us have been put into or found ourselves into or we tried something and then we feel like obligated to that community. We feel like have to be a part of it or we should do this or that. Like if you are obligated to a community and that's the feeling you have around it, it's not a good community for you. So let it go and go develop or experience or be part of a community that makes you thrive. Today, we decided we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is community, right? How do we find community? Why is that important when we're in business? And even more importantly, how do we find a community that's aligned with our values? Because in my experience, there are a lot of business communities that are not aligned with my values, and that is not beneficial to be in. So let's talk about that, Laura.
1: Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, actually, as you were talking, I thought, okay, yes, community is right up our alley. And you and I met because of a community. We went on to create a community together. And then we've gone on to support one another's continual growth in community building. And we maintain our own little community between each other. So it kind of had me thinking, you know, you're so right. It's like, how did we get those good communities? Like, how did that happen? And it really is about value alignment. And I think that because we sometimes have early experiences where we've had a negative experience, like a misalignment with community. I've heard people kind of just throw it all out. Like, Oh, I tried that once. Like I joined this neighborhood community thing, or I joined this book group that my sister-in-law wanted me to do, or, you know, all these different things, you know? And they're like, and that wasn't for me. <laughs> That's like, right. I don't know. I don't do those community things, you know, it never works out. I'm just like, what have you been joining? And let's like, unpack that for a second.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people in business now, they join, you know, communities are really groups and things like that because they think they have to, because they're trying to get more clients, because they think it's part of the process. And they're not really deliberately looking at why do I want community? What kind of community do I need to support me? Right? What does that look like? And, you know it's not just a matter of jumping into multiple business groups and you know being in lots of communities that are overwhelming it's it's really curating and understanding what kind of community you need right and that's different for all of us
1: yeah yeah absolutely oh and i'm kind of thinking that One of the common things that I will say that I've come to feel about community is that community can be a healing modality. Mm, I like that. It has a lot of potential to create a safe container and be able to bring about certain experiences that help you feel safe enough to move through things and experience things and transform. So you have to think like, if community is a healing modality, would I choose it randomly? Would I choose it just because other people like it? Would I choose it because, yeah, I'm like, it's got some sort of financial return. It's like, think about if you're going to go look for a massage therapist, if you're going to go look for a therapist, if you're going to go look for an acupuncturist, or whoever the person is, is going to guide you in some type of personal support, development, healing journey, you want to align with them. You look for that. Like, well, does this person speak to the things that are important to me? On my website, I talk about somatic psychology because I need people to know that that's a core value. I talk about compassion because that is a core value. I talk about community and connection because those are core values. So it's like, you've got to think about, are you looking for community that does communicate that. And just to draw a real life example to how you and I met Sonia, you and I met through a community called the Single Parent Resource Network. That is a very generic name. You can't really tell from that except that we're all single parents. Now there were a lot of other single parent groups out there that I looked looked for and I looked at. But what stood out to me about this group is and back in the day, I think I'm gonna date it to say, I think we're a Yahoo group. <laughs> <laughs> Communicated to totally. the Yahoo group forum. Yeah. <laughs> and so I happened to notice about this group that they talked a lot about organic produce and where the best farmers markets were. That was a core value for me with my family and my daughter, that I was actually nourishing us. I noticed that they talked about trade economy a lot, and the ability for us to help one another. I noticed that they showed up in places that supported a local coffee shop and they integrated art and they integrated music, right? So when I started looking at that single parent community, I didn't just see, oh, this is a whole bunch of single parents there. I saw that it was a whole bunch of single parents that actually had similar values that I had. And then there's no surprise that when you and I met, we were such a good fit because that was probably what attracted you to a lot of those groups as well, to those events. Right. So it's just interesting. I'm just thinking like in our own personal experience, you and I ended up in a community together because of those core values in that community, not just one value, one single parent, which is not even a value. It's a demographic.
0: Yes. And, you know, I think it's worth really looking at what is our desire, right? What is our motivation? What is it that we want to create with community, that we want to be a part of a community? Because, you know, I know for myself, one of the reasons I was looking for community when I joined that community was because I was a single parent. I just moved to Austin. I knew hardly anybody. In fact, I don't think I know. I didn't know anyone when I moved here. And, you know, I was looking for support. I was looking for people who were like-minded to just find some sanity with, like, (laughs) just, I wanted some adult conversation, right? Like, you know, I wanted my kids to have people, you know, well, my child, only one child at that time to have, you know, someone to play with. I wanted to, to build a community and connection. And I think, you know, for you, whoever, you know, the listeners, like whatever you want or need, that needs to be Clearly thought about, it needs to be clearly defined, right? Because what I think happens is that oftentimes we go into lots of community, or we're forced into community, or we're obligated in a community, and we kind of associate every community experience with whatever it is we've been a part of so you know if you are part of a big family and that family had a lot of obligations and that was your community and you were always asked to do things you're going to have associations with that that might put plop you into some other communities that demand a lot of you that want you to do everything right or if you got into a lot of business communities because you wanted to network and they were very yucky and spammy, and then you're like, ooh, I don't really want to be a part of any business community because they're, they're like that. Well, then you're not really going to find that group or that community that truly, truly supports you. And, you know, I mean, I'm a community building type of girl, and I know Laura is too, but I've had to really think about this question for myself over the years. I mean, I have a family, I'm busy, I have a business, you know, I don't have time to just be part of every group. So I have to really think about what is it I want to create? What is it I want to experience? What is it I want to contribute to and receive, right? Because I am not in a community to just contribute. Now, I did that in the past. But that does not work for me now, right? I'm in a community to give and receive. And if that community is not filling me up, it's not a good community for me.
1: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that you pointed that one out because that has also been part of my lived experience and just a lesson that I had to learn. And I think for a lot of community builders, because building community is like an impulse for us, it's something that we just do. We can often in the beginning of, these, um, of our lives when we're building community, we get caught up in the service aspect because people come to rely on us as leading the community. But it's really important to me as I've gotten older to realize, oh, this has to be a mutually beneficial setup in this community for it to keep going. And yeah, I can still be a leader, but how is it filling me up? How is it nourishing me? What is the energetic exchange? And there've definitely been times in which I have felt the air go out of a community just because it didn't have enough of that reciprocity. And that's what, you know, and that, like you said, that that's not just one person. It's usually a, enough people that are just starting to pull their energy out. Some of us will find that we are kind of a focus energy. I think Sonny and I are both that way. We tend to be able to kind of bring intention and then people come to that shared intention. So that's the difference between a community builder and someone who's like a community member who just loves community. So I think it's important to think about that distinction. I don't know you know, where that's kind of coming from in my mind of just thinking about there are different roles in a, in a community and finding a community you lead. As we're talking to a lot of women leaders in this podcast in the business arena, Um, it just comes to mind that, yeah, there is also, it's important to be mindful of what is your role, you know, in the community as it's being formed or as it's developing.
0: Yes. And again, if you aren't receiving anything from that community, find a community that you do, right? And you know, I have a lot of experiences with community. And so I think it's kind of fun to share, you know, some different perspectives as well. Like I'll I'll do a few and Laura can do a few as well. You know, one of the things that I think is, you know, important, it's not necessary because there is options, but I think in my experience, paying for a curated community is actually very, very valuable now there's plenty of free communities you could always find them there's an infinite number of those but i'm in several communities and this is the community i create for you know clients as well that are curated that are really protected that are really created in terms of intention and safe space and they don't just let everyone in right there there isn't like a community where just because you want to pay them they'll let you in right they they curate it they take the time and the effort and the consideration to ensure that the group is really alive and balanced and value aligned and i'm in both a low paying group that you know really is this amazing group where she's really the owners really curated all of these amazing leaders and I also have a group like that as well. The The Worthy Women Collective that I've created is a place where I curate who comes in. And there's coaching and there's all these pieces, but it's, it is about creating the environment. And so I think sometimes we think, oh, there's so much free out there. And that's absolutely fine, right? There are some great communities that are free. And also... Sometimes paying for the curated communities, paying for the intentional communities is so worth it because of the value that you get. Not everybody can come in. You can't just click a button and you're in a Facebook group. You can't answer a couple of questions and they let you into a Facebook group, right? You know, there's all these things where it's just whoever gets in is in and there's no curation of that environment. You can't control the environment because a community is who's in the community right a community is an energetic like summary of its members right so you know an intentional creator and Laura and I both know this from a lot of experience we can hold a space and we're really good at creating community and if we aren't careful if we aren't aware and conscious of who we bring into the community then it changes the energetics of that community
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, lots of things go through my mind because one, I want to just like bring it back around to the fact that you've named two really key elements of finding and creating community is one is that, is it aligned with our values? Actually, there's three. Aligned with our values is the very first one that we talked about. And then the second one is, is it mutually beneficial? Is there like a nice balance of energy in, energy out from the community that you're in? And then third is that, are you really in a safe space that's being curated be in your local neighborhood association? You may be in your local PTA or all these different things that are great community for you to volunteer or receive. There's this other level, because what we're talking about on women in the business arena is like, what happens when women are growing, when we're self-actualizing, when we are expanding? right? And community becomes an amplifier becomes an accelerator. And in my words, it's a becomes a healing modality, Mm -hmm. right? And so that is so important that we understand how then to be selective and understand the value of the more curated, facilitated community intentional versus like an open source. And I can share my experience that I've done both as well. you've done. you know, it's like I've created and held space for very general, free, anybody is welcome. Answer a few questions, yes, and come into the Facebook group. And usually there's just a couple of um, indicators of whether or not this is a group, right? It's like industry, you know, are you of this industry, or you have this gender, or you have this particular interest, you know, so definitely had those groups. And I love those groups, because there's a lot of usually typically a lot of diversity with some kind of shared intention. And then there's these core values usually that, that start floating around as the form, as a community becomes cohesive. Now, what's fascinating and a lot of people don't realize is the magic that actually happens in an intentional community in which there is a facilitated leadership there. There's a facilitation and that is something that I've experienced a lot as a therapist as well. The difference between a drop-in support group, those are the types of groups I used to offer at women's shelters where women can come in like, I really need some support this week. I'm struggling. I want to go back to the person who's been harming me. So I need some extra support. So they'll come into the group and they'll ask each their peers for support. And then they may or may not come back again. Right. And that is a nice, there's some shared values and support but it's not as solid of a container, but those are typically free. And then you pay for the more you pay for a therapeutic facilitated group. That therapist or facilitator is very intentional in how they hold space for the group, the questions they ask, how they offer support. And they also are very skilled at inviting the collective consciousness in that group coherence to become a part of the experience that goes beyond just like exchange of ideas or yeah of tips or trades of you know different thoughts that you might be throwing around exactly. so exactly just thinking cool. about all that yeah
0: and I and I think you know again it comes back to what you want to create what you want to experience. Like sometimes we're all in Facebook groups or in, you know, less curated groups because we just want a place to get information or we're just looking for some, you know, resources or, you know, we want to be able to ask a question and get a quick response for something. You know, I think those are fine and great. And sometimes we want something that is a little bit more intentional, a little bit more cohesive. I love, you know, I love the, sort of idea of community as a healing modality, right? Sometimes we want a healing modality. And in that, we have to be intentional that we're going into a space that is holding that healing for us, that is holding us in, you know, safety and consciousness and you know, whatever that space is intending, right? So sometimes spaces and community are really holding an intention of growth, right? Some are just holding intention of being, just allowing you to be wherever you are. Some is helping you with certain areas of your life, you know, whether it's parenting or business or, you know, self-development. And so again, it comes back to that piece of what do you want out of a community? What do you want to create? And sometimes when we just energetically decide to create it we find it
1: yes yes well because that energy attracts it you know it's like so much of what happened with us and you know keep coming back to our own personal stories like when we decided we wanted to create an intentional community that was about giving permission and space for women and men who were Really struggling with both parenting and work to show up in a space that they felt accepted. There was this energy that you and I put out. And actually, this is, you know, we always like to tell the story. When we started dreaming about Soma Vida, our co working space, things started happening so fast, we were not even ready. We yeah. had not raised the initial funds, we did not have all of our business plan, but we were so. We were big dreamers. We were like (laughs) dreaming hard on that. And then we found our space before everything else was ready, but it was the perfect space for that. And we did it, you know, so that energy can, when you get really clear about what you want and what your core values are, and that might be an exercise that listeners can think of right now. And I thought of one other tool is that if you feel a little confused about your relationship with community, or you've noticed that you kind of have hated on it a little bit. And like, ugh, I can't ever find a good community. I've always dealt with, you know, I actually have never had this experience, but women tell me I can't get along with women only groups. Like there's this weird thing that happens when I'm in a community of women. And I'm like, what? Oh my (laughs) goodness. Like (laughs)
0: everything.
1: (laughs) I know, I think you and I both, but I will say, I have a tool for that little idea. If you do notice that you kind of have this resistance That you almost didn't even listen to this podcast because it had the word community in it. (laughs) I want you to take a minute and try this. So, what you can do is create what I call a community autobiography. Mm. And you think back from when you were little, what was your first memory, experience of community? Oh, Lord. (laughs) And just where I know, you're like, oh, and work your way through just the highlights of community. And trying to just notice like, oh, I loved this when I was little, I was a part of this thing or, oh gosh, I was completely ostracized. I didn't belong. And just kind of notice like your experience, because we often are holding all of that in the unconscious and the idea of even just doing a little, little gracious um, autobiography (laughs) for ourselves can illuminate why we're having resistance. And it just gives us something a little bit more tangible to work with. So that was one of them.
0: I love that. Like yeah. I think, you know, when I look back on my own life, I've had so many bad experiences in the community and good and amazing ones, right? Like, you know, it, and it's this really interesting, you know, space of like understanding what I've carried forward, right? In both the negative and the positive. And then letting myself kind of integrate those pieces and then deciding what I want to create from here. But, you know, it, yeah, it's so interesting. To, I love that exercise because going back, it makes a lot of sense why I've struggled in certain communities and why I've also had to intentionally create communities that I just want to be a part of, right? Like the, like that's the the community builder in me. If I don't see what I want, I just go out and create it because it doesn't exist.
1: That's what you and I are so good at doing. We're just like, I mean, that's the whole thing. Well, that was co-working. That was our co-working space. So, my vida, yeah. we, needed, we needed on-site yoga and on-site massage that's and right. childcare and a place to work. So, we did it. And then the other thing, women who co-worked for me. Yeah. I was just so alone, you know, seeing all of these men talk to each other in these forums and share all their experience and be interviewed and all the things. I was like, where are the women? I need them. I need to know where they are, you know? And so I created that community. And so that's important to think of too. You know, if you're longing for something, does that community already exist? What are those core values? And that was leading me to the other exercises. You may really want to sit down if you haven't already gotten clear about your core values in the last 12 months, this is a good time or do that, you know, just get clear again, what are your core values? And so if you're missing something or longing for something or want community, then you're either going to create it with those core values in mind, or you're going to find a community with those core values. And you'll be more likely back to what you said about attracting it. You'll be more likely to find it when you're clear on what that, that energy is.
0: Yes. And I will also say, Let go of having community as an obligation, right? Like,
1: Mm. you know, because
0: so many of us have been put into or found ourselves into or we tried something and then we feel like obligated to that community. We feel like we have to contribute or we have to be a part of it or we should do this or that Like if you are obligated to a community and that's the feeling you have around it, it's not a good community for you. So let it go. And go develop or experience or be part of a community that makes you thrive, right? That energizes you, that expands you, that teaches you, that you feel held in and received by. You know, that's the the piece we really want to come across today is we're not just saying have a community. I mean, that's great. Like be part of a community. And there's a very important aspect to that in terms of who we are and what that does for us, but also it needs to be deliberate, right? It needs to not be an obligation in shoulds. And I know know a lot of you introverts out there, right? I work with a lot of introverts. I am an introvert. All you introverts out there are thinking, oh, I should be in community. Okay, so (laughs) stop, right? And think what would the ideal community look like for you, right? What is the space that would be perfect for you to be in community with? Would it be small and intimate? Would it be people that you're around all the time? Would it be other introverts? Like, what is the community that would serve you? I know, like, for my community, it, it appeals and works with deep feelers and introverts and healers and, you know, people who don't want to hustle, people who don't want a busy feed, people who don't want to like. Be online all the time. Like, I don't want that kind of community. I'm not going to create that kind of community, right? And so it's really feeling like I don't need to be obligated. I don't need to have to. But what do I want? What do I desire? Yes,
1: yes. I 100% agree that holding on or staying in a community out of obligation, is no longer serving you. And so let it go, let it go, let it go. And really ask yourself, yeah, what is it that feeds me? What fuels me? And I mean, one of the reasons, you know, you've know, you got your um, women's um, group that you've just launched recently. And I have my closed support group for entrepreneurs that is specifically small and intimate for all of those entrepreneurs that really struggle to put their stuff out there in front of a big group, because that's a real thing. Like a lot of people, if you're in the public eye, if you're a leader, you don't want to be really open about how you feel. You're trying to manage your, the impression that you make or the identity of your business. And so remember there are groups out there that are intended to be small, to be intimate, or you could start your own and do your own peer support. Like mine is I'm a, I'm facilitating as a therapist and I bring all my mental health piece to it, but you can also reach out like who are three or four people um, that, you know, that you're thinking we could get together once a month and have a coffee and talk about how hard this is. Like that's a community doesn't take more than just a few people that decide they have a common, common interest, core values, and they can come together and support each other. That's what community is, to me anyway. Yeah, I love that.
0: And so, Laura, I would love, and I know we've talked about this before. And so, it would be awesome to kind of bring in this perspective as well. What does community do for us? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Oh, I love this. Great question. So, research shows that community actually um, helps us to become more resilient that human beings as mammals, we are wired to connect. And so the gift that we have to each other is that we can co-regulate one another's systems. That means we like co-regulate our nervous systems. And we have all these ways in which we socially engage. We communicate. Through our eyes and our face and our mouth. So, we can do this on Zoom. We don't actually have to be face to face for like a lot of people that are still being like, Well, how am I going to feel connected? All we really need to feel connected and build community is that we need a safe container and we need to be able to socially engage with each other. And as we start to feel safe in that space with each other, and we can see each other's expressions, we could hear each other's voices and meet that meet each other in that space, our bodies start to shift down into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is a part of the autonomic nervous, you know, central nervous system that allows us to feel rested and be able to sleep and eat. So that's the part that we want to be on when we're, we're engaging, we're calm, and that's when we can engage socially. So there is science that shows all of this, that the, the act of being together and a sense of belonging in community helps us to tolerate discomfort, to like have a, we actually, there's this one research that shows if we're holding hands with a loved one, we can withstand more pain. So. It's the same pain stimulus, but when you're connected, you record it like a five on the scale. And when you're alone, you record that same pain as an eight or a 10 on the scale. So it's important to understand that it is doing something, not just for our mind, our peace of mind, and our awareness that we've got friends and we're in a community. There's literally the neuroscience, the response of the body and the brain that says, oh, these are my people. We have shared values. It's a safe space, and that opens you up to be more successful, more expansive, and a lot more resilient in your life.
0: Yes, I love that. You know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, not to, you know, really keep bringing this up, but, (laughs) and, you know, the way that we sort of regulate our nervous system and feel that level of companionship is by creating the right communities right? So yeah. again, if you, it's not any community, right? If the community freaks you out, if the community constricts you, if you go into a community and you just feel yuck, that's not the community for you. It's not helping you regulate your nervous system, right? It's actually triggering it. So, you know, it is though, when you, when you find a community that, supports you, a community where you feel like there's give and take, a community where you can really be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's the the things that Laura is talking about. You know, when we can be ourselves, I think that's the most important thing. And that is an alignment of values. And that is going into a space that holds a space for you to be yourself, you know, because yes. any judgment from other people you know any like that is not holding a space for us to be ourselves that creates conflict that creates and look sometimes we have to be in environments where that exists but let's not create that deliberately right like (laughs) if I'm creating community I want to be in a community that accepts me as I am and all my faults and all my mistakes and all my you know Pluses and minuses, you know, whatever I am at whatever given day, I want people that accept me. That's the kind of community I want to be part of. That's the kind of community I want to create. And I know Laura's the same. So, you know, an important thing to really remember.
1: Absolutely. That is such a good point. And we can check that out when we, like you said, when you're showing up in a new community, just notice you know, how things are handled when we're new, we're still a little bit nervous, but just watch like how do, how does the group manage conflict? You know, do they constantly move to create more understanding or more safety or does it just get more and more and more conflict or activated, you know? So we can look and, that, and that's another thing. If you've had a lot of those experiences in high conflict communities, then you can be veering away from thinking of joining a new one. But there's so many that, exist out there. And I will just say, I know Sonia has had this feedback and I've had it too. I've had women surprised when they actually have shown up in the communities that I've built. And I know this has happened for you, Sonia. And it's such a delight when I really hear that they are like, I had no idea that this was going to feel so good. Like I just get to show up here. It's like, yes, that's the point. That is the point is that you really are not showing up for performative reasons, you're not having to always have your best self out there. You want a community that's safe enough to be your authentic self. And sometimes that means you show vulnerability and that is treated with care and respect. And that container of the community is able to hold that for you and for everyone else in it. So, 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 so important.
0: And I just want to add to, you know, if you are a community builder, or you are a business owner who has a community, these lessons still apply, right? Create a deliberate space that you want. Don't accept everyone in. Curate your group, right? Create the values that you want people to be aligned with. Be yourself. If you can't be yourself in your own community, then you need to reframe and change the community, right? Like, I think sometimes as business owners and as we're creating communities, sometimes we can get lost in what we should do or who we should accept in or what we should tolerate. But the thing is, that's the whole benefit of being a community builder is you create the community you want. And there will be people who want to be in your community. And in fact, the more specific you are, the more clear you are about your values, the more you stand, this is what I stand for and stand against. The more you say, this is who we let in and who we don't. The more people you'll attract that have those aligned values. Don't be broad. Don't hold a space for everyone. It's not that, we, that we're that we mean or unloving in our space holding, but we are creating intentional communities. And that means setting boundaries. And that means having a circle of power and having a place where some people get in and some people stay out. Like that's part of what we're creating. So don't be afraid to stand powerfully in your values and create the community you want.
1: So good.
0: All right. I think this is a great place to end for today. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next time. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out my other podcast, The Feminine Lens. Every week, we challenge the patriarchal frameworks around business, leadership, and life by looking through a new lens, one that honors women's gifts, wisdom, and worthiness. And if you want to dive deeper into these topics for your personal or business transformation, be sure to check out my programs. I've had the honor of working with thousands of women around the globe over the last 20 years. In my programs, we do the deep internal work that allows us to step into our worthiness and create more wealth, success, and freedom. You can find them at SonyaStatman.com.